0: One of the main motivations, of course, because sometimes it's really hard to do these flights. Uh, It's strenuous. It's also emotionally uh, stressing. But when you see that you really can help people in very difficult situations, uh, it's, it's also rewarding at the end of the day. And so that was one of the
1: main motivations. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I try to bring people from all sorts of different walks of life or walks of journeys into my podcast and today I want to talk to a man who helps people or used to help people when they were in trouble. Not in the same trouble that uh, Dick Atkins helped them, but people when, when they get got ill or got injured abroad. My guest today is Olivier Seiler, and for nearly 30 years, he was the medical director of the Swiss Air Rescue Rega. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Olivier Seiler.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure.
1: The last time we met was seven years ago in Athens, and I remember something that really, really impressed my husband. He had a bottle of wine there which was called Ganenas and the first thing that Olivier Seiler did he was reciting I think something out of Odyssey or you are fluent in ancient Greek aren't you <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah that's that's a massive exaggeration I had uh, studied ancient Greek in school but I've lost almost everything I still can read Uh, the letters. And uh, that helps if you know, uh, if you know your way around in Athens, you can read the street names. That's that's a great help.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you definitely impressed my husband. So (laughs) you don't need to say that you don't remember anything. So Olivier, let's start with my standard question on most memorable journeys. Do you remember when you were on a plane for the first time?
0: Well, in fact, I can't remember because I was so small. My parents uh, um, used to take me along to see my grandparents, and that was in England. So we hopped on a plane, and I was still a kind of a baby, or yeah. So. I was flying around uh quite early in my uh, in my life and uh it didn't stop.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, well well, we're, we'll be getting to that soon. But then you decided to study medicine.
0: That's right. I started studying chemistry for two semesters and it wasn't really what I wanted. Uh it was too dry of a matter and I I was interested in people more Mm -hmm. than in in chemicals in the end so I switched to medicine and did all my medicine um, studies in Basel in Switzerland and uh, from there I went to different hospitals and in the second hospital where I worked as a real doctor I met uh, the, the former uh, medical director of Rega, and I thought, well, that's that's an interesting business. And uh, we talked a lot. And uh, a couple of years later, I had, I had uh, a gap between two jobs. And I asked him whether it would be possible to come and work for Rega because I was fascinated. And he said, well, come along, we'll have an interview. And uh, we had this interview and uh, he offered me a job. So that's how it all started. Did you
1: not not get the other job then? You said you were between jobs. Well, in fact, (laughs) I
0: started with Rega and the other job was still pending. And the job with Rega was so fascinating that I wrote to the other uh, doctor, to tell him I wasn't coming.
1: (laughs) the job is still pending, you mean?
0: (laughs) It's still pending, no. uh, I hope he forgot me (laughs) (laughs) in the meantime. But um, so I I started working there, and it was really fascinating. You come around all over Europe, and in fact, uh, worldwide. uh, I was working in the... um, international uh, department where we were taking care of patients that were injured or were f- uh, fallen ill in outside switzerland and who needed a transport medical escorted transport back to switzerland so i started uh, working and uh, it was so fascinating that uh, at the end of my first year, I asked whether I could uh, stay for another year. Mm-hmm. And after the second year, I asked whether I could stay for another year. And then my boss said, now listen, we stopped this uh, yearly business uh, of asking, you stay as long as you like. Okay. And, uh, and you're going to be my deputy. Uh, and I said, would you, you don't have any deputy. And he said, well, you'll be the first. (laughs) (laughs) So it was all uh, in a, in a kind of um, moving upwards and and creating things. Yeah. And uh, at that time we were changing airplanes. So I was busy uh, also in the, in the, in the whole process of defining what, should be on that airplane and it was so fascinating and in the end I stayed for almost 30 years.
1: So with your experience over the time you also helped equip those jets in a way. Yeah right define
0: what was the goal uh, what kind of patients we wanted to be able to transport and that that changed over the years and uh, we had more and more Uh, possibilities with new equipment, medical equipment. We installed medical training for everyone who was uh, going to work with us. And and, and it was really a a, a multitask job, Mm -hmm. which was the part that interested me.
1: Yeah, I just want to clarify for the people who are listening to us that uh, because you were saying you worked in the international department, Rega has a big, very big Swiss department and those are mostly helicopters, aren't they?
0: That's right, yes. That's mostly rescuing people out of really difficult situations in the Alps or, or car accidents, Etc. And also transfers from smaller hospital to a larger hospital with more facilities. That's the Swiss kind of business, mm-hmm. right?
1: But you worked for the international uh, department, and I also know because I know a few things about this business because I have been listening to it for over thirty years. From yeah. my <laughs> so I know, for example, that you when something happens abroad. And a patient comes to a hospital, you first speak to the doctor, don't you? You 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 sort of analyze the situation together. Yes. Am I
0: right? That's a very, very important part of the whole preparation because you 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 need to know what exactly happened, how is his state, what are the possibilities. Uh in the country where he's lying is that it, does it make sense to transfer him in the country itself? Is there another hospital that might be uh, nearer? And only if if it really makes sense and also, of course, uh, who is going to pay for that, mm-hmm. we decide to transport him as soon as it makes sense and that the patient himself is transportable he's stable enough to to be flying around the world
1: Mm -hmm. and of course these flights are expensive it's and and i think (laughs) people have a misconception you know like i know i i sometimes you know it's not funny it makes me laugh but it's in a way that like people think that they you know they broke an ankle or something oh well let's call rega they will come and get me that's not how it works
0: no, no. You have to have a real serious reason for a transport because otherwise it just doesn't make sense, and you burn money that would be better used in other cases.
1: Hopefully, somebody is insured because it's a high amount for somebody to pay if they don't have an insurance.
0: Yeah, it's, it's depending going, on the
1: distance as well.
0: Of course, it's it's counted in in. Uh, minutes of flight so you can imagine uh, one hour's flight is already over 5000 swiss francs or 5000 dollars us and uh in one hour you just go to milan <laughs> and, <back. laughs> and that's you, you're not going far so if you if you have to go to thailand or mm-hmm. south africa it's it's going to cost huge amount of money yeah
1: so let's talk a little bit about those uh various flights i mean you must have done i don't know thousands can we say yeah thousands i i i stopped counting in
0: fact because i was losing i was losing the oversight so i can't tell you but several hundred yeah perhaps
1: one thousand yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and which It's always difficult. This is a difficult question, you know, like which was the worst, which was the best, but doesn't it give, doesn't it give you a lot of satisfaction to be able to do this, to be able to save somebody?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the main motivations, of course, because sometimes it's really hard to do these flights. Uh, It's strenuous. It's also emotionally uh, stressing, but when you see that you really can help people in very difficult situations, uh, it's, it's also rewarding at the end of the day. And so that was one of the main motivations. Yeah,
1: And I think very often it's not the patient that is the big problem, but the relatives who are... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe, but, you know, they they all are so happy to be able to get back to Switzerland. And uh, as soon as they are on board, we offer them a cup of coffee, the relatives, a cup of coffee and the Swiss chocolate, and they just melt into tears and they Aww. say, oh, we are almost there, you know, and mm-hmm. this is the predominant feeling that they have, uh, that now it's going to be okay. We are on the safe side now. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Yeah. I, I have to tell you because I was a tour guide when I was young for 11 years during the yeah. time when we still had Swiss Air. Yeah. And I, for me, walking on board of Swiss Air anywhere, whether it's in New Delhi or in, in, in yeah. I don't know, it was home. It's oh, a little like, bubble of Switzerland coming yes. to get
0: you. Yeah. Yeah. We are
1: a strange bunch of people, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have this That's thing. right. I, I guess I'll... Other people have the same, but uh, yeah. So, of course, there are also sad situations. Not every patient makes it alive, I would imagine.
0: Yes. Thank God. uh, It's a very rare situation to lose a patient during a flight. And that brings us back to what I said earlier. You have to decide when is the best moment and is he transportable at all? And that's one of the difficult uh, decisions to take because you you almost always lack of really precise information. So, uh, yes, of course, sometimes you don't make it. And um, I remember a case where I had to go to fetch a patient, an elderly lady who was suffering from a very severe type of cancer and she really went on her last trip and she knew that it could be her last trip and uh, we took her on, uh, on board and the, her husband was on board too and it was at that time it was still a very small airplane like a learjet 35 and uh, we had uh, we had started the flight and knew it was really tricky and that it could go either way and suddenly she made some complications and really most severe complications we had to resuscitate her, intubate her, cardiac massage, everything and the husband was in the back and seeing what was happening. I mean it was terrible for all of us but we had to to look for the patient of course and sadly she she then died. We had to say well no, it, she didn't make it. And the rest of the flight, she was lying there. And we were, of course, uh, talking to the husband and explaining what was, <clears throat> excuse me, explaining what was going on. It was difficult, but he was so thankful because he also saw that we did everything that was possible to save her life. And he knew that it was kind of on-the-edge thing that was happening. Yeah. But uh, at our arrival in uh, Zurich, we were welcomed by the police and by the district attorney. And, uh, you know, they, they said, well, what happened exactly? What did you do? Why didn't you? And uh, a difficult moment, too, on top of all uh, the other stress. But, of course, they they quickly realized that uh, we did everything and mm-hmm. uh, it was just bad luck is that
1: is that, would that be standard procedure is that what happens do they have to come does the police have to come when somebody dies on a plane
0: yes usually yes because they say uh, it, there is a, um, a kind of terminus technicus uh, you say it's it's not a usual kind of death right mm-hmm. so they have to to see what what was going on and they have then to decide whether you are going to be investigated upon or whether it's okay there, there, there is enough evidence yeah. that uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah
0: yeah
1: interesting very interesting yeah. Also, because you mentioned that was uh, quite a while ago, so it was quite a small plane, but yeah. I was—I um, think that was already after you retired. We had a conference in Geneva and we went to look yeah. at those new planes. Now, uh, I never... Challengers. Know. Yes. yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's that's a most modern ICU unit in Yeah. There. Well, there again, you, you
0: see the evolution that went on over the last couple of de- decades and uh, the Challenger, of course... Is uh, first of all the cabin is much larger than than a Learjet, and uh, you you're able to take along most sophisticated kind of medical equipment that allows you to transport even sicker patients and uh, patients and, and longer in, range in, as well and and also the range of course Absolutely. yes it's quite different yeah yeah.
1: Do you have any stories about hospitals abroad? Is there any? I mean, there. Mu- you must have seen things in your life that maybe made yeah. your toes curl a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's always difficult because you know, uh, if if I tell you stories that makes these hospitals seem no, no, bit, uh, yeah, I understand, of, yeah. I don't want to do that because they are trying to do their very best. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, There are some who look great on the internet. When you look at them, uh, you see the entrance hall with marble everywhere and the beautiful girl at the reception desk. And as soon as you go through the, through the door to the wards, it's quite a different story. So uh, you have to be careful. But I mean... Uh, all in all, I um, I think they are, all, in all these countries, they are doing a marvelous job with sometimes very restrained resources that they, they have. Mm-hmm. They often are very thankful for our help to take the patients back to a better equipped hospital, and they don't feel that we take their patient away. Sometimes yes, but it's rather the exception. So it's a kind of teamwork, and uh, we usually try to 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 have a conversation on the safe same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I went to a night night flight in Syria. We arrived in the morning at four o'clock in the morning, and the doctor was waiting at the hospital, and. Uh, I, of course, wanted to see the patient mm-hmm. and he said, well, come into my office, we'll have coffee first. There you have to take that coffee together with this colleague. Of course, you have to do that because it wouldn't be polite and, and it would mean that you don't take him serious, mm-hmm. uh, etc. So you have to, to play the game or, or to respect uh, this way of thinking, and that was one of the most, yeah, most interesting parts of my job to, to have a sneak preview or in other different countries and cultures, how do they work there, and uh, what what do they have at their disposal, and what kind of medicine is possible with very restrained resources that was fascinating
1: I can imagine I think that must have made the whole thing most fascinating and I think it all boils down to respect. I think yeah. if we all respected each other a little more, not just in medicine, but general. And instead of going to a country and look down on people because yeah. we have more money, because that is often the case, if yeah. we respected and if we were interested in the culture, things would yeah. be different.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a kind of uh eye-opener. And if you if you make it the right way, if you look at did uh, the right way, it opens your mind mm-hmm. and, and uh, y- you, you respect the, the, the other situation and it broadens your knowledge in a most rewarding way.
1: Yeah. You see, I have a thing and I say that in nearly every episode because I have all sorts of people that speak to me. But I have learned in my life with all this tra- traveling that I have done that at the end of the day, we are all the same. We are the same people. We want like in your case, when you meet another doctor, no matter whether it's in Pakistan or in Syria or God knows where, you want to save their life.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that's
1: that's the same yeah. anywhere you go and we all want to live happily and and you know be safe
0: yeah yeah to avoid pain to avoid death of course to uh, yeah yeah and to to promote this uh this idea that's mm-hmm. right yeah you're completely right yeah
1: so talk, let's talk a little bit about olivier Seiler now <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> because now we've talked about the doctor but Do you travel? I mean, when you were doing all this this work, did you have enough with all the traveling that you did for work or did you travel?
0: I I did uh, my share of traveling, my share of private traveling too. At the end of my Rega period, let's say, I somehow I calmed down and I'm not having this urge, this, Really profound urge of traveling that much anymore. So I, I travel in Europe, and that's that's fascinating too. And uh, I would very much like to to go to Japan once more because that was that's really what, uh, one of the countries that fascinates me most. So we, we are planning to do that in a, one or two years with my wife. And uh, yeah, so, but it, this almost ubiquitous um, urge to travel has calmed down thank Mm -hmm. god
1: (laughs) yeah it's a it's i still have that and sometimes it's sort of it's this restlessness yeah and and it's not always fun i think but i think yeah i'm glad that you can tell me that you that it calms down so eventually it may happen to me (laughs) just (laughs) wait
0: another couple of years (laughs)
1: But
0: change the attitude, you know.
1: Absolutely. It's all in Um,
0: the mind. On the other hand, uh, we had this uh, confinement through Corona and we were not able to to do large uh, things. And uh, this year we went for the first time uh, by airplane to a Greek island. And, uh, oh, that was fun.
1: (laughs) Now, you know uh, you
0: you you then you realize that you had missed somehow oh, how precious it is you know, how precious it is to be able to do it even if you don't do it four times a year or six times a year or or even more uh, but it was it was very nice and also to to see. Uh, to to have a change of air and uh, to see yeah. different people, it was it was a very very nice experience after all that difficult period. Yeah,
1: it was quite a difficult period. How did you handle the uh, COVID period? Did you um, spend time thinking or walking or? Uh, missing travel did you think that you would like to go somewhere how did you At the
0: to- time being no i didn't miss anything i th- i think what i most missed was to be able to hug the people that i wanted to hug and i was very thankful that i didn't have to hug people that i not really <laughs> wanted to <hug. laughs> If you apartment? know what I mean.
1: <laughs> yes, I but,
0: do. <laughs> um, we we were very fortunate to have a we have a little apartment that we rent in uh, nearby Austria, so we could uh, as soon as the frontiers were open again, we we went there and had uh, had a marvelous time there, and it was a quiet period. I could read a lot. Uh, I walked a lot. I went, yeah. And uh, it was so quiet because uh, people weren't even driving uh, cars anymore, or far less than used to be. So everything was slowed down. And I thought it was, it had also very nice. Side effects.
1: It did, it did, and I think it gave us all the opportunity to sit down a little bit and think about, you know, what think is about really important. Things, you know, what is
0: important? Yeah, right.
1: because I did miss traveling because I was working for the police as an interpreter until COVID, and I was traveling a lot just before. So yeah. that's why I started this podcast because I thought if I can travel, at least I can talk about it.
0: Yeah. And traveled in your mind.
1: And I, yes. <laughs> and that's good enough sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, now you were saying you, you may want to go to Japan or you will go to Japan. Do you have another favorite um, place in the world?
0: A lot of them, yes. But uh, I think, as I said, it cooled down a little bit. And yeah. I think Japan would be really the top of the list
1: highlights right now, yeah,
0: and yeah. and others in, in the surroundings of of Switzerland. I, I like I love to go to Paris, to Munich, to to Italy, uh, and have a nice pasta or a nice fish. It, it's just great.
1: Mm-hmm. Priorities change a little bit, don't they? Yeah, it? but um, yeah, I think what you did for all these years was really a fascinating job and and um, a very very important job, and. I was I'm wondering is there anything that you can tell people like are are certain things that happen abroad on holidays people who get sick or people could they be avoided are there are there any tips that you preventable could, things preventable things yes i think uh
0: you have to really know where you are going what you are going to do there what are your expected activities and to, to make sure that you know yourself. How well am I prepared to go into a country where the, the humidity is 90% and the temperature is 35 degrees Celsius? Is that, is that the right destination? Or am I just going there because everyone else goes to Thailand? So to be very clear in your mind what you're going to do uh, talk to your doctor before you're going there are preventive things that you can do uh, vaccinations for instance or taking taking your drugs uh,
1: along. Always in your hand baggage. <laughs> oh I could tell you stories about that as a tour guide. Yeah. So many times. So how many times did I take somebody to a doctor because their luggage was lost? And of yeah. course, their blood pressure pills were in the suit. Yeah, well,
0: in fact, it's easy. It's easy. You have to be prepared. And uh, and as I say, uh, to, to know where you're going, what, what does that mean exactly? Yeah and if you're if you're travelling for business i would say also to to be sure that you have a good insurance with your employer and to to ask the community uh, in your country that you're visiting uh, where which hospital is the best do you have a family doctor that you could uh, suggest to me if you're working for a longer period in a, in a foreign country. So to, to prepare for the hopefully unlikely eventuality that something goes wrong, but to be prepared, I think that's, that's most important.
1: Yeah, that's very valuable. And that is like being, be informed, be, be aware of what, and it doesn't have to happen. It's not because just because you're thinking going to happen but to to know about it and there is one other question that i forgot to ask when we were talking about the flying dr seiler did you did anybody ever give birth on one of your your flight
0: not uh not actual flight no i can't remember in 30 years that there was a, a birth really not but very 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 close to that (laughs) <laughs> because that's another, you know we, we you're sweating about. all the way you know <laughs> that's that's really uh some some of the things you really don't want to experience yeah
1: yeah because we were talking about somebody dying so I'm sure that you know that the other thing happens as well or or nearly happens
0: yeah it so nearly it just, happens
1: <laughs> fascinating life and I really really appreciate that you have taken the time to talk to me because I have, we've been trying to get together and I am so delighted that we managed to record this episode. We finally um, made it. <laughs> we did. And I'm really grateful. And I, um, I hope to see you again somewhere. As we were saying before, the last time we saw each other in Athens at the conference and the same the conference, conference, right? this Monday in Athens, but you won't be there.
0: Unfortunately so, not.
1: <laughs> we will drink to your health.
0: Yes. <laughs> same.
1: All right. Next week,
0: Olive- we will rise our glasses to our friendship and to the world of traveling.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for being on Most Memorable Journeys, Olivier Seiler. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.